welcome to The Real Hill Podcast. We are Danica and Ashley, and we are here to get super real on all the people, places, and things that heal. And this week, our guest is our dear friend, Whitney Popa. Whitney is a business consultant, a writer for the Soulful Small Business podcast host. She lives in Edmonds, Washington. She is a wife, mother, and friend of ours. Yes. And what I love so much about this episode is we really wanted to share someone's story who has been an entrepreneur, has found kind of their passion and their purpose, and they really allow their own sort of spiritual journey and, you know, trusting the divine and all of that to help guide them through making big career changes and shifts and just navigating their whole life in general. And so a lot of this episode, we talk about her story and her journey into the work that she's currently doing. And we also touch on the different healing modalities that have helped her along the way and really just learned more about her, which is fun. And human design, what I loved is that Ashley and Whitney both share the same human design. They're both manifesting generators. And you'll hear a little bit about what that means and what that is. I will be doing a human design episode soon so you guys can kind of really understand. It's so intricate. Yes. But such a beautiful way to learn about yourself. And when I first got into human design, I was like, kind of the same thing with astrology. Yeah. It's like, that makes so much sense. Yep. So if you haven't figured out your human design, we'll put a link down to where you guys can uh, pull your chart and see what you are. Yeah. And it is, you really learn about your energy and how you're meant to operate in the world. And so that is what's really fascinating and of course, really validating. So yeah, we love that we got to chat about that too. Um, and we're just excited for you to learn from Whitney. Yes. She's awesome. And her Instagram's really entertaining and fun. So yeah. as, as we always do, we'll put all of her contact information in the show notes below. Um, give her a follow and uh, see what she's got going on. Yes. Enjoy the episode, you guys. Thank you. Part of why we really wanted to have you on today and on the podcast was because you've been able to really thrive in your career and make these really incredible career decisions for yourself because you are so rooted in your own spirituality and in your own connection to the divine. And so we wanted to start off by hearing a little bit more about what you do because we know you have your own communications consultancy, Pope and Associates, and under that umbrella, you do a ton of different things. So how did this come about? First of all, thank you for having me. Thank you for seeing it that way, because I don't always know that it's perceived that way. I kind of just do what I do. And uh, for other people to see it as something that is intuitive and inspiring in any way is huge for me, because I always believe that if you can help one person, then that's enough. And so... I was actually thinking this morning of like, okay, how do I care to package this up? And I always tell the same story about how I grew up mostly in Olympia uh, in Washington state until I was 14 when we moved to Idaho and we moved to Washington because my mom had this big job with the state. Both my parents worked for the state when we lived there. And it's probably the hippiest town that one of the hippiest towns that I've ever 
been to. And for a little background, both of my parents are very, they grew up in the country in Eastern Washington, Northern Idaho, respectively. And they came from big families. They have family farms, ranches, a lot of history of agriculture in my family. And then when they moved to Olympia for my mom's big state job, my mom's hippie side really came out. So I was born the year that my dad had a job on Orcas Island as he was working on a hospitality degree at WSU. And so he was working at Rosario, which has its own really beautiful story on Orcas Island, the former mayor of Seattle when the city burned down and then they built the city back on top of it. He had been the mayor for, I think, eight years or something, and he was going to die. His doctors told him, like, you've had a heart attack. You have really terrible health. You need to take care of yourself. And that's when he moved to Orcas Island, had built this incredible mansion. He had a lot of, like, family money and everything, too. And then it became a resort many years later. And that's where my dad was working the summer that I was born. And the, I was breached and I was overdue by two weeks and Mm -hmm. they had been living in Pullman before then because he was getting his degree and her doctor there had said, we want to schedule you for a C-section. And then she got a new doctor when she moved to the islands, of course. And, um, she sat on her head. I turned and I stayed and she like, she said that she would have a a litter of kids and just birth them in the fields. Like she's such, we call ourselves Nordstrom hippies. So that was like my (laughs) entrance into the world. Yeah. I'm taking that. I love that. Yeah. So like her influence and this weird, like, I've actually been talking about this a lot lately. I think that like this country background and spirituality, like they are so ingrained. Like you think of like native people, like they're very agricultural and they're probably the most spiritual people in the universe because they're so connected to the land and everything. But now the way we think of people who are like cowboys traditionally, they're more like, you know, they have their Trump flags on their trucks, which, you know, to each their own. But, like, you don't think of somebody being deeply spiritual and a Nordstrom hippie who has that kind of background. And I, I'm a person who really believes that we're all so layered and we all have so many complexities that we can't, like, be boxed in. And so she, she and her background and her spirituality and her belief in her body is what got me here. And I really believe that, like, the way that I was brought into this world is a huge part of how I am, how I am now and hearing my birth story every year on my birthday and all of that, because she loves to tell it. And now I do that to my kids too. So I've I've always been like such an intuitive person. Mm -hmm. um, And she's really encouraged that as well. And it wasn't always super outright, but when we were living in this hippie town too, I was just like we were surrounded by that kind of energy like you walk into a place in olympia and people are like oh the barista is asking their customer what's your moon sign that's just a conversation that people have in olympia like at evergreen state college we called them greeners and when we were little we would go to the nude beach just to like look at the boobs and the penises and like be like "Oh, oh my gosh like that's so crazy these like greeners who are like very extreme versions of hippies with their dreads and their pit hair and their um freedom just being out there so that's I had this like big like contrast in my life of this like country life in my extended family and then like this crazy hippie growing up until we moved to Idaho that was just like that's always what I've been and I've always seen like people whether they have that uh 
you know, agricultural idea of their life or the hippy dippy stuff. I've always seen people just go with it. And my grandparents too, they were like, my grandfather would put me on his knee and he'd be like, you can be whatever you want to be. And then, yeah. And, and it's funny too, because he is very much like kind of a patriarchy guy. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's weird for me to like put that together in my brain, but I'm going with it because he always said that to me. And that really did matter and change my life. So I had all these influences that really taught me to always go with my gut. And I did that my whole life until after college, like I had had so many uncles and so many people be like, do something normal, like make money. That's what you can and should do that. I like, you know, somewhat influenced by Devil Wears Prada. I like went down that path of like, do the normal thing and go and get a real job. And so I, even in college, like I was going to major in biology because I thought I wanted to be an orthodontist and make people have beautiful smiles Uh because my grandfather is a periodontist, which is somebody who works on gums and he made, he made dentures too. Mm -hmm. And I hated chem. I hated my like professors and I, I didn't like being in the big, um, we had like the big classes and then you had your little classes and eh, it just, I was like, I'm just going to major in things that I like and I'll figure it out. And then I got a lot of, I know you guys have a clean rating, but I got a lot of shit from my family, like at every holiday of like, what are you going to do with your life? Like you're majoring in English and poli sci, like, what is that going to do for you? And I was like, I don't know. I'll figure out, figure it out. Maybe I'll go to law school. And then I, all the kids that were on the law school route, I was like, these kids suck. (laughs) (laughs) Such know-it-alls, like so boring. I didn't want to be again confined. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, I'll just figure it out. And then I really wanted to be back here. So we had moved to Idaho when I was in high school. That was somewhat miserable for me because it was so opposite. It was Southern Idaho. I know you're from Meridian. We lived in Meridian or your family's from Meridian, Ashley. Um, And so we lived in Meridian. I went to a Catholic high school and it was just so opposite of that hippie uh, growing up I had. And what a time of your life. Yeah, that's a tough time. The worst. Yeah. And I like my mom, I would watch the acupuncturist like do my mom basically. And she asked me to do the rain stick in her appointments, you know, and then we moved to Idaho and it's like I'm getting sent to write sentences about like dress code in. Yeah because my skirt's too short in uh, Catholic high school. So it was just like this whole thing where I kind of, for a while, in certain ways, lost myself. Like I listened to others more in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways because there was just so many inputs. And it felt like the safer route maybe to just like go get a magazine job. I thought that was sexy. Like we came to, my mom would bring me to Seattle just to like let me get my fixes after we had moved. And I would pick up Seattle magazines and it was like, I told them after college, like, this is my Harvard. I want to go and be an intern there. And maybe I'll like be a magazine editor. And, um, I did that and I worked for free mm-hmm. because that's what you do. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I didn't hate it, but it was just, it was not, there wasn't room there. It was like, while the internet was kind of taking over and blogs were getting bigger and it was like, is there room for magazines anymore and publishing? So because I wasn't in a point of privilege where my parents paid for everything for me, I also taught the SAT uh, standardized test skills to all these kids on the East side. And we always joked that like, you could tell who 
was there because uh, how many nice cars there were in the parking lot versus how many like <laughs> Hondas like we drove. So they had like their Mercedes that they got for their 16th birthday and I had my CRV. And so yeah. you knew who yeah. was working and, and who was being taught. And the um, I kind of just like let everything evolve but at the same time I was really trying to control it too of like this is what success looks like yeah and if I was it was very important to me to make money after college not that I made any money but like to have a paycheck to be able to semi afford myself to and I also glamorize being poor so I was like I want to like know that when I've made it, I've really made it. So mm. I would eat edamame, like from the big Costco bag. Uh-huh. And, yep. um, I can't even eat almonds anymore because that I just knew that I loved to write and I knew that I needed to make money. So I just kind of followed the path and the internship and the SAT thing kind of combined into like, oh, maybe PR makes sense for you and you two get mm-hmm. that. And my school, you're at WSU, I was at U of I, WSU has a good program, the mm-hmm. Edward R. Murrow thing. We do not really have a program that is notable at U of I. So to me, it wasn't something that I would have majored in. I just wanted to do English because I figured if you could write, you could do anything. Mm-hmm. And that's become pretty true for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the thing that became apparent quickly that took me a long time to really check in with myself to make different decisions was that I didn't fit in anywhere in any of my corporate jobs, not mm-hmm. even at the magazine. Same. Like, yeah. 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 There's these boxes that people put themselves in or allow themselves to be put in that I just never fit into, but then I would get in trouble for being who I was. For example, like one of my big PR jobs, we had um, a be- behavioral part of our reviews every year and they had a, a, red light green light system Mm. so if you had good behavior you got a green light and you just everybody kind of expected to get a green light I mean I I guess I did because I was a pleaser but one year I got a yellow light and the feedback was that I was hard to read and that I just sat at my desk laughing with my headphones on which is kind of hilarious because that's what I'm doing right now (laughs) right right, right. my headphones on I still get the same feedback the way that I interpret it or the way that I use it in the world is different. So, mm-hmm. I mean, long story long, it took me a long time. I had all these really sexy jobs. I worked for Nordstrom, Amazon, Microsoft, Xbox, all these things that look yeah. really sexy to everybody. Even my family that had given me so much shit along the way, they were like, oh, she's arrived. She's done the thing. She's out there. Mm-hmm. And I would get embarrassed that I was not happy at any of them. And it really took my dad getting sick and dying. And then my son, who is getting birth like at this moment five years ago, um, wow. which is so cool. Yeah. To I now say like he he kicked me in the uterus to like really do it. Like my dad dying and getting really sick is when I was like, I need to get out of this big PR agency because they don't treat me like a human. And it took me probably five more years after that to be like, oh, you really don't fit in anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> to then be pregnant and be like, okay, it's time for you to really go out on your own. And what I should mention before I let you guys ask me more questions about this yeah. is that in my first big PR job, um, I had like this download, like I was just sitting at my cu- cubicle and for no reason or like no discussion prior, I just sat at my desk and I was like, this is my path. 
And I just wrote it down on my list. I was going to be in-house agency. And then I was, Mm -hmm. or sorry, agency. And then in-house, I wanted to be the client after serving the client. And then I wanted to go to a startup and then I would be a consultant. And that was as far as my list extended at that time. It was very early on in my like big PR career when I was working for Xbox and that's kind of how it's evolved. And now that I'm at that like last point in my list, now it's kind of like, okay, what does this look like for me? How do I make this umbrella what I want it to be? Yeah. How do I evolve past that? What's my next step? So that's kind of where I'm at now. But it's cool that all of these experiences and, and some downloads along the way, I've learned to follow them and yeah. to make my own decisions and really like get pushed out of my comfort zone enough to be like, not this so many times that I finally built like, okay, this. Oh, I love that. Well, and so you mentioned your dad's passing and your son Mm -hmm. being something that really helped you reconnect. Another thing that you've mentioned is that your mom has always really allowed you to explore your spirituality and really respect your intuition. Was there anything, like, was there any energy healing or was there any books that you were reading or anything at that time that you were doing? So in high school is when, is the first time I read The Secret. Mm, And that's what mm -hmm. really got me, like, started on my path. I would, like, jump in and out of that as I was, like, you know, a cool sorority girl and wasn't really reading my spiritual books for a while. And my mom would say, like, you're incongruent and that's why you're so frustrated that was always her word for it um Uh, so I would pop in and out with certain books I mean a Glennon a chicken soup uh, I mean I read chicken soup uh, for the soul for kids when I was like young yeah yeah so I was always doing that kind of thing I've always been really into yoga I don't have a great like mind body connection as far as like being really in my body, not until I was like pregnant, did I really trust my body in big ways. Yeah. But uh, I didn't really have any practices. I had a therapist as soon as my dad got sick. She wasn't super spiritual, but she kicked my ass and that was really good and helped me really. What I love about therapists is that they are team you, like they are your champion and that's it. Like, you know, screw the rest. They're always 100% on your side, even if it doesn't seem like they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that, point. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. really got me through a couple of really hard years and in less of a spiritual sense, but more of a like getting back to listening to myself sense. That was a big part of it. And then just this past couple of years after, honestly, like the first time I was invited to one of Danica's events, my husband was like, you've really had you've really increased your expenditure on healers in the past Mm -hmm. year. Like we were looking at our budget and I was like, that's because my access to healers has become so much bigger. And I also believe that like that saying of like, when the student is ready, the teacher arrives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've kind of been at that point where I've been ready in bigger, more magical, intuitive ways. I've always made vision boards. Like we have our event coming up where we're doing vision boards. And so that's been a big part of my life. And so I've had these little toe dips for a long time. And I've always felt very secure in who I am and like grounded in what I want, even if that changes. Mm -hmm. But at that time, no, I didn't have a ton of practices really. Yeah, There was 
a lot of noise in my life. And so sometimes I would listen to things outside of myself, but I always did come back to myself. And I think the therapist helped the most at that time. No, that's beautiful. What I love about your story is selfishly, I think Ashley and I can both relate to it so deeply. Mm-hmm. And I just think a lot of other people probably will be able to relate to it so much. The story of college and what you thought you were supposed to be doing and the outside pressures and what we really want to do on this podcast is let people know, like you didn't have to grow up super spiritual. You didn't have, you could have come upon this yesterday, you know, and it can change your life and it's okay to Mm -hmm. like accept that and work that into your world. Like we have, you know, pretty relatively recently, you know, considering. Yeah. So I, we just really love, hearing your story and can relate to it so much. Um, With that, what are all of the modalities, you know, energy work, spiritually, um, what are all the modalities that you have dabbled in? Oh, man. So I recently had a, I recently went to an event in San Diego and there were a bunch of healers there and it was like a little adult Disneyland for me because it was so awesome. It was like, you know, Reiki infused facials and tarot and uh, medium readings and, and astrological chart readings and all sorts of stuff combined that honestly, I'm still processing it. But I have, even when I was young, like, I think what a lot of people don't realize is so many of us, most people, if you look at like really successful people and you hear their stories, they manifested the shit out of their lives. They just don't have the language to say it. Mm -hmm. So even when I was young, like my dad, we would have worry stones that we would Mm -hmm. hold and we would rub in our pockets. And so even back then I was connected to all of those things. I just didn't have the language to say it. So I would never Mm -hmm. say like, I have more tools now. I guess I do. But even then I Mm -hmm. had a ton of tools. I just didn't know how to articulate them. So Now I've been digging in deeper and I got feedback at that event that you need to make sure that your, your kids are watching you. So make sure that you're really involving them in this stuff. And there's an awesome crystal shop in the town that I live in, in Edmonds that I bring our son to. And I let our daughter and our son like pick what calls to them. Mm -hmm. We do that everywhere we go. So I have them like, even at the bookstore, I'm like, or at the library, what, what will joke like beforehand, what do you think is going to call to you? Or um, what do you think you'll pick up? So I use that language with them. I like crystals. I like, um, I have a couple tarot decks that I'll do on myself and my husband. I have an Oracle deck. I use Palo Santo. I actually use Danica's mom's uh, thing of like when she was the ER nurse and she would physically cut the cords. Uh. I've been doing a lot more of that. Like if they're being too chaotic and too much for me in the house, I'll walk through the house and I'll cut their energy cords and be like, you know, I cannot take this on. I cannot take this with me. And they think it's hilarious, but I want them to absorb that too, of knowing like I've been bigger and more physical with the things that I do now. And before I would be like embarrassed about that. And Mm -hmm. a lot of it is talking out loud. Like when I talk to my dad or I ask for an eagle that um, Mm -hmm. I have the spirit animal of an eagle for him, I'll ask for it out loud. 
And then I did that a couple weeks ago or a month ago. And then five eagles were in the sky the next day at my mom's house. And it was like the most magical thing I've ever seen in my life. So I'm trying to really embrace my magic in that way. And then um, I've tried different ways of journaling. Not all of them work for me. Like for writers, Mm -hmm. morning pages is a big thing that people recommend. And I did that for a year straight. I didn't really find that it worked well for me. So I'm trying different ways. Right now I'm actually doing like morning like short 10 minute visualizations meditations that i'll like find on youtube and then i will keep a notebook with me to see if i get any downloads and what i want to write down from like what i visualize and so Mm -hmm. that's been helpful and grounding for me because my anxiety has been kind of intense lately and then i also like check in with my healers i've been more open to receiving help and so marianne stancil I've had, I have virtual Reiki with her, but she does a whole combination of awesome things. And I'm just open to letting people like work on me and have healing sessions with people, whether it's acupuncture, uh, body work with massage, going to little expanded yoga classes that are more than just the yoga class, like with, you know, meditation and fun stuff like that. So I have a lot of tools now. I read, I listen to podcasts. Um, and then I also have to try to ratchet that back so that I don't have too much to process. I, you'll appreciate probably that like after that big San Diego weekend, I had a reading with the medium there and, um, I just felt this like headache at the front of my head for a long time. And I, was googling it and it uh, I think it was my third eye was too open Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and you I I didn't know that and so I'm still learning a ton and I was like okay got a ground yeah so that I can help my third eye like not pound against my skull because it felt so different than it's a headache and uh, they actually asked me at that event too like there's more than just like the spiritual things that people think of. Like if you're like, Ooh, tarot's like too much for me or, you know, my mission the past year or so has been to really own my woo. Mm-hmm. And so I will talk about tarot oracles, whatever. I'll try it all to see what works for me. But then there's just like the simple things. Like I feel most grounded and most alive when I can ride my bike. So part mm. of this long winter has yeah. been like, I'm so frustrated that I can't go ride my bike to the water and just in yeah. the water for a few minutes and that to me is deeply spiritual yes yeah I just like maybe I don't know three months four months ago a girl that I met through my sound bath courses she is a uh, psychic medium you know all of these different things and she called me and she was like I I need to talk to you about your spiritual practices and I was like okay and she's like what are you like she asked me on the spot, point blank, like, what are your spiritual practices? And I didn't even know how to answer that question. And I feel like that's so now after we've like had our call and went through everything, it's like, this is so silly. Like, I think I made it something in my mind bigger than it needed to be or like For sure. it needed to look a, a certain way. And it's like putting my feet, walking in my backyard, walking mm. my dogs every day, talking to my closest friends. You know, like things just as simple as that. It doesn't have to be this like weekly Reiki session or weekly whatever. You know, it's like 
it can be or so simple. yourself for not meditating yeah. every day, yes. you know, like yeah. I, that's something that I have had a hard time being consistent at. And I know that I need it. So I want it to be a part of my toolbox, but I don't want to beat myself up like the former corporate Whitney of like all yes. my shoulds. Like yeah. you yes. should be doing this, should be doing that. Like yeah. sometimes you just need to have space for like what self-care looks like for you that day and what your spiritual practice looks like for you that day. And I actually like had kind of a religious crisis a few years ago where I was like, what is my definition of God? Like, how do I define that? Mm. Especially with like a newly step family that is so deeply religious in ways that I am not and feeling like, okay, what does this look like to me? And how do I explain it if I even need to? And that was like, and it was like Christmas for my kids. How do I explain like the true meaning of Christmas to them and to me so that they understand that in a way that like our family values versus just showing up to church because that's what you do. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. The shoulds, you Mm -hmm. know, and all the pressure that we, we put on ourselves because I do think all of that is great. I did like a 45 day self Reiki thing that was amazing. And I wish I could have kept going on and on and on with it. But you do also, I think it's equally as important, just like with working out, right? Like working out's super great, but like rest is also super important in your schedule, in your regime, whatever Mm -hmm. regimen. Um, But same thing with spiritual practices. You need to have that time to integrate, to like sit, to recognize like, oh, okay. I did pick up that little nugget. Now, how do I implement that? Yeah. Yeah. So you can't always be going, going, going because you do need that time for integration and just like acknowledgement and just kind of sitting with yourself. Yeah. Well, and a lot of us are bad at to be. Yeah. yeah. Right. I know. I, yeah. I'm I'm like saying this to myself (laughs) as I'm saying it, you know, like it's okay. You can let it all settle in. You know, all my Instagram captions are for me. Yeah, <laughs> same. Which I love, which I love them all, by the way. I know. So witty. Very Whitney. Yeah. I like it. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I want to take a step back, actually, and dive in a little bit deeper on when you made the decision to start your own communications company. And yeah. I also want to weave in a little bit of uh, human design because I know that that has been really helpful for you too in figuring out how to navigate having your own business. So what was it like to take that step and how has human design really helped you through that? Sure. Great questions. So I was in my last corporate job and I was super pregnant and we had like, I had no benefits. I had no really safety net there. And I actually like took that job because I had a lot of ego around like being hireable. I had been laid off from the startup I was at. I was trying to get pregnant and it was, I was turning 30 and I had all these things combining for me of like what I thought my life should look like Mm -hmm. and it not looking that way at all. And then this job presenting itself like, okay, this is another sexy job. Maybe it'll be a better fit for me. Like I was getting kind of worn out by then and I actually like hid my pregnancy from them. And then like, once I told my boss, it was this whole thing and I had just nothing really left to give Mm. at that point. And so I knew I would work until I gave birth because there was no other option. 
Yeah. And I trusted my body. So I just really hoped that I wouldn't give uh, going to labor at work. But at that, at that time, I also heard somewhere, maybe in one of my birthing classes that like your body knows when it's safe. Mm -hmm. So that was comforting to me. And I then knew like, you're not going to your water's not going to break at work because you're not safe here. Yeah. <laughs> so that was fun. Yeah. And I was, I think, maybe 37 weeks pregnant when I went into the Sir Latab offices because one of my best friends, now husbands, who I'd only met briefly, had recommended me for a consultant job that they needed filled. So I always tell people that I backed into my company. Okay. I had had the intention and I was in I like to use the metaphor of like cheating on my boyfriend mm -hmm. so I was like I was always testing the waters and taking on little client projects on the side and doing some 1099 stuff and just seeing like because I never understood like I worked in social media and PR at that point and I was like I don't understand why I have to be like butt in seat for me to do yes. my job like I can do Ugh. my job from anywhere they even told me like don't tell anyone you have a laptop because not everybody gets a laptop yep. and you know, this is like a privilege, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, like the ability for me to work for you anytime, anywhere actually, and do like more for you mm -hmm. is a privilege. Like it just, none of it made any sense. So I was always kind of like bucking up against the system and getting in trouble for it. And so my friend had set up this meeting at Sir Latab and I was like, Whoa, what? I was like, so pregnant. I told them I'm, really pregnant and I walked into this meeting thankfully on a, a day that my boss was out of the office so she didn't know and they were just selling me on it they're like so you'll start with doing this it was like the perfect first client for me like that could float my business and when mm -hmm. I was thinking about it in my head I thought because at that time we had been walking around all these daycares too and all the daycares had more time off than we did my husband yep. and I both had new jobs that year and neither of us had enough time off and we didn't have any family in yeah. the area to help us. So we would have had to hire a nanny on top of paying for full daycare and just none of it like added up. Mm -hmm. So when I was at this meeting, they were just like selling me on it. I was like, okay, this is the universe, like literally like my son kicking me in the uterus, the universe. And I don't want to give my son like the credit. He was definitely a forcing factor because I wanted my life to look a way for him that he could believe in something for himself yeah. of his own creation. That was my goal with that. And then with my company in my head, I said, I want to be able to make half my salary because that will be the same amount I will be taking home if I send him yeah. to daycare, which yeah. I would have had to do with like a six week old. There was just no, no way. way. Yeah. No mm -hmm. way. And it just, it really honestly fell into my lap. And it, mm. I started my company backwards because they needed me to have an LLC. So I set up an LLC. It was just all these things. They just came together for me. Yeah. And I trusted them. And I don't think if I had had to like have a business plan, I'm not a business plan person. My husband yeah. is a business plan person. I am just not. If I had had to have all those steps in place, it just wouldn't have happened for me. Mm -hmm. But because it happened backwards, I was able to embrace it and kind of surrender to it and be like, well, I guess, you know, this is the comfort that I said I needed in order to do this. So I did. And then 
for the first three years of my business, I kind of like had enough work that I didn't have to market myself or think about generating more business. I didn't even have, I tell people this all the time. I'm going to make like a course about it because I didn't have a website. I didn't have a professional email. I didn't have business cards. I didn't have any of those things that people think they have to have that I I honestly think are kind of distractions from the Mm. actual work. Like they're a comfort to you of like, look, I have my website, but like, do you even know what kind of services you want to offer? Do you know yourself enough to decide like enough of your corporate jobs, not this to do like, well, I do love doing this part. So I'll offer that as a service and really build off of that. Like, um, that's, I just started because I had to. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was, that was the move. And then when my business took a hit at the beginning of the pandemic, that's when I started hearing about human design everywhere. And I, Emily, my podcast co-host was one of the first people to tell me about it. Mm -hmm. And then I just dug in, in a really big way. I found out like all of, um, my design, my profile, my, uh, I don't even know all the right terms for it. We'll have to get Sam on here to tell us all yeah. the right terms. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All, I'm, a, I'm a manifesting generator too for um, the way that I describe that is a person who does a lot of things and is very community driven. And what it gave me, so at that time in the pandemic, I was getting desperate again. My ego was like, you need to be making money. Your yeah. business is taking like a hit. Like I was making a third of my income from the year before. And I felt like, what are you doing wrong? So I started chasing. I started sending out all these cold emails, which felt so gross to me, Mm -hmm. but I did it anyway. And I got crickets, not even responses. And that is what I do. Like I teach people how to write like pitches and then nobody replies to my pitches and learning human design and knowing that that's not like, that's a masculine strategy, first of all, Mm -hmm. but like knowing that I am built to attract through my community and through just like a concrete example is one of the clients that I have now I got because I shared my kids in PJs that I had included in a roundup that I had written for another client. And she shared that she has a really big following on Instagram. She shared that they saw it and they reached out to me. And now I've had them as a client for over a year. Wow! And that's an example of like, when you go into human design and you can, there's a lot of free resources, but I ended up buying a blueprint, which is basically like your own personal Bible, which gives you the language to all of these energetics and things that you've always known about yourself. Like another example, I am meant to come in and be near people and work near people, but not work with people. Mm -hmm. And I'd always beat myself up about like not being a team player in a way, because I felt like people were so inefficient. I hated relying on them when I was like forced on a certain team. So I'm meant to come in, like give my presentation and then go. And that is like by design. And I love knowing that about myself. The same with community. I'm meant to make connections and get new business from my community. So I never have to write a cold email again. Yeah, And that Mm -hmm. is such a like time and resource savings for me. So that's why I preach it so hard because it's just another like beautiful, more intricate knowing of yourself that brings you not only so much peace and a little sense of control and surrender at the same time, Mm -hmm. but also this like, I know the perfect way to generate business for me. And I get so hyped up when I see people with their like 
email funnels and blah, blah, blah. Like, sure, do that. Yeah. If that's part of your human design, right? Like, don't yeah. go and learn how to do an email funnel if that's not the right process for you and your design because it'll be a waste of your time and money. Yeah. So for mm -hmm. me, like adding human design to my business and how I run it for myself has changed everything because I know how I get clients. I know how I work best and mm -hmm. who I work best with and how, and I have the language in order to articulate that. And I don't have to make any excuses. I don't have to feel bad. And I'm using it for my business now. Like what is my next step? And how do I even rewrite my website to attract the types of people that I want? Like last week, I jokingly tweeted, like, per an intuitive download, I will be removing my calendar from my website because yeah. I did that at a time when, like, I was open to whatever business. And now yeah. I want to be more in a place of, like, really vetting people. Like, I'm even considering having a whole rates page where I have minimums, mm -hmm. which a lot of writers don't do. We don't really publish our prices because it's so custom. Mm -hmm. But I think that vetting people more before they even get to a point of contacting me yeah. is going to be a great, a much better use of everybody's time. So I still use a lot of these strategies and like inner knowings mm -hmm. to guide my next steps, whether they make sense or not. Like yeah. even for my school, I like, I let them use their inner knowings mm -hmm. to pick the right for them versus me being like, well, I didn't like my Catholic school. So why would I send you to mm -hmm. um, religious school? You yeah. Know? So human design, I think anybody who is their business, mm -hmm. everybody in the world, but especially people who are their business should be using that to guide them, especially because our time is so limited yep. in like doing the work and then marketing yourself. You have to know the right strategies for you because it'll release you of so many shoulds. Yeah, mm -hmm. totally. Have you ever thought about exploring more with human design in a way that you perhaps were somebody who was doing sessions or... Um, yeah, and yeah. you guys have told me that before. Um, <laughs> at least Danica has. I get really passionate about it. I've thought about it right now. I don't really have the time. And this is a story I'm telling myself right now. Um, mm -hmm. I wanted to create a course on freelancing and I don't really like the term freelancing either. So I get all up yeah. in my head about those things. I'm going through a little bit of not a rebrand, but like a zhuzh. Mm -hmm. And like, I want, we a love zhuzh. a zhuzh. Yes. Like every year I want a zhuzh for my business and I have to be like, reel it in. Like you don't need a zhuzh. Um, but this year I'm really going to do it. And I actually like, I sent in my little questionnaire. She's in process of doing it. And um, so I want to create that course and I want to add like human design elements into it. That is going to be a part of it as to like getting certified. I have this resistance mm -hmm. about like, I have a certain income minimum um, that I like to have. And so it, in my mind, which is a story that I'm telling myself is not true. I keep thinking you have to take a dip in order to explore these other things. Yeah. And yeah. both can be true. Mm -hmm. So I just have to get past that story. Yeah. Yeah. And then I might explore it further. And I might talk to Sam about like her experience 
doing it too because she's just like so knowledgeable yeah and um, I mean I just saw her this morning we see each other every Tuesday for a walk Mm -hmm. so cute I love that yeah I love how you said um that you were like if I would have had to write a business plan I wouldn't have done it because I felt the exact same way I am not if I never had to write an email again in my life I would be (laughs) thrilled like I am not the person that wants to sit at a computer and do any of that and my husband always says a really good line of like when he gets really stressed at work he's like we're just playing business we're just playing business that's all mm-hmm. we're doing and um i think i was i was just talking to somebody i don't know if it was you ash that i intentionally don't follow other sound bath practitioners because i don't want to be thinking like should I be doing that? Should I be mm-hmm. wearing that? Should I be because like I, it doesn't matter. Like you don't nothing. You don't have to do anything in yeah. business that doesn't feel right for you. And I think if a lot of more people maybe felt that way, maybe they would start the business. Mm-hmm. You know, even yep. if it is just a little side nugget little thing to start. But if I felt like I had to do a business plan and. A, B, C, D, E, I would have never done it. Yeah. And like yeah. our stories have so many similar little gems in them that everything just kind of fell that way. But like so awesome of you to be open and like let it happen. Yeah. Because I know like with our very similar upbringing, it would have been very easy to say, this is safe and comfortable in my 401k and my retirement plan. Yeah. And this is like, what I'm supposed to do. So I'm just really happy for you and proud of you that you said like, nah, yeah, I think this it could be it. better and I'm going to go for that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I think as a fellow manifesting generator who is, you know, curious and, you know, who's wants to learn different things and, you know, try different things and like needs to just feel lit up and inspired. I've, since I've been introduced to you and your story, I've been super inspired myself um, because it is so hard to rid that programming of my career looks linear and it looks like this. And I'm an expert at X. And that has been a really hard thing of like, I could be an expert at like many things. It doesn't have to be like one area in one way. Um, So. I joke about that too, because LinkedIn, you know, I'm not even (laughs) like those LinkedIn influencers. I don't get it, but they, is that a thing? Yeah, it's a, it's a big thing. (laughs) I would never, but like, again, props to them to each their own. The, the thing I remember thinking like, oh, my LinkedIn is so like messy, you know, Mm -hmm. I've had all these jobs and especially back like, in the day, loyalty was a big thing. You stay at your job forever. My parents didn't really have that problem. Um, They actually like followed the family. So whoever's like, whichever grandparent was getting older, that's who we moved closer to. Or if it was like a big opportunity, that's how they kind of managed our lives and where we moved. But I think about like when I created my company, which in my bank account, it it reads as Popa and Ass. So we lovingly call it Popa (laughs) and Ass. And I call Popa and ask my umbrella under which I can do whatever I want. It's the longest company I've, uh, I've ever been a part of. Mm-hmm. It's the longest <laughs> thing on my LinkedIn profile. And it makes me look a certain way to people who care about that. And part of me still a tiny part now 
but yeah. a bigger part used to care so much about like I want to look consistent but yeah. I am I look inconsistent because I'm bopping around mm-hmm. all these places and that's another like programming belief conditioning that I had yeah. like and part of me does want to be loyal to something bigger than myself but turns out the loyalty is to me yeah. not mm-hmm. to someone else's corporation or idea of what success looks like. Mm-hmm. I love Ashley that. I, I literally was just like, quote. Same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ding, ding, ding. There's one. Ashley and I both had the same thing. We would do a job for a couple of years and then say like, okay, I got to find something else. I got to yeah, find something right else. Thing. I got to find it. And it's like, no, you'd, we never had to find it. Like it was always here. And you know, like Ashley and I worked together for many years and now what she's so good at in the businesses she's building. I'm like, of course, like you were so good at that. Like it's always here. Yeah. So it's not like this something you had to create like sound baths. Like if you would have told me that I was going to be doing this 10 years ago, I would have said you're high as a fucking kite. Like there's, I don't even know what you're talking about, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but it's so funny how just like your inherent talents and gifts, like you don't need to re recreate the wheel right like it's there but you just have to find the way that you put it out like you always loved writing and now you do that in a way so true to yourself Mm -hmm. it's just so great yeah I remember even in college looking at my sorority sisters like a couple of them who were majoring in nutrition and they would take the same class that over and over that they kept failing and I didn't get it I was like why would you do something hard right right oh yeah no, I've said this story before, but I was going to do broadcasting because I was like, oh, that's like fun, easy, like get on there, talk, like nothing's easy. But, you know, like I felt like that would be easy for me. And then they were like, you have to get up at like 3 a.m. to like film. I was like, I'll still be out from the night before. So like that's just not going to like, right? what is going to be easy? Then I took a business course and I was like, econ, huh, forget it. Like, yeah. can't oh, do econ it. was so me. bad. Oh, it was, can't uh-huh. do it. Cheat the only class I've ever cheated my way through in college. I was like, I, I just got to get through this. Yeah. So yeah. how how are we gonna do this? Like, I, yeah, yeah, I finished my poli sci degree because I had already taken stats. Okay. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I am not trying to do more with this. Yeah. No. No. So I love that. I love how we're 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 all three like have such similar stories and so different at the same time, and yeah. we've all like arrived at this place that's just so fulfilling for us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's still so so much unknown. I think that's what I love about it too. And like, it's part of the risk that we take in doing the work, you know, the way that we do it, but it's like, all right, what's next. Okay. How's this? Or even when you talked about, you know, judging your business this year, I feel like that's actually been my year is just like a constant judge and going Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I thought we were going to do this. And now we're doing this. I thought we were going to do Etsy. Now we're having our own shop. It's just like, I feel like it's constantly shifting, but you, you have to, you have like, when it feels right, you've got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a positive unknown, like this or something better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I have to think of it that way. Yeah. One thing I wanted to ask you, um, because you have the coast podcast and because Mm -hmm. you do a podcast like us with a friend of yours, um, and because some of your clients, like how you, you know, how you connect with your clients has been through the community that you built. You probably have some friends that are clients or friends that you work with. And so what has that been like for you? Or how do you find boundaries? Or has it been a challenge for you? Or 
just tell us a little bit about what that's like. It hasn't really been a challenge. My thing and my superpower that like comes out of who I am innately and past traumas Mm -hmm. is that I am a super communicator and a super connector. Mm -hmm. So I care really deeply about fully communicating as far as I understand it. And I kind of push that on other people. And so I kind of say up front, like, this is how I communicate. And also, like, if I'm texting you really early, it's because I have all these ideas. I wish I had delay deliver on text. I'm going to try to not do it. But if you're open to it, this is, you'll just have some texts from me. And so navigating a lot of it is, for me, just communicating through it. And thankfully, that's like one of my superpowers. But uh, I I don't, I've had good luck. I don't really, it's a gut check. So I check in with myself through human design. I learned like I have emotional authority. So I have, I'll say a hell yes. And then I'll sleep on it because Mm -hmm. I can be very quick to act and I don't want to like rush into things anymore or be reactive. I want to respond more. So it hasn't really been difficult in that there there might be like interpersonal stuff sometimes, but again, I just communicate through it and do my best to do my part and then work with my therapist. If I, (laughs) because I do have a, like a lot, I have a really hard time, especially with my clients. Like this past year, there was one that was draining me like crazy. And I signed on with them for the money because I was like, well, it could be easy. And I knew that it would be this way. And they micromanaged the shit out of me. I worked for them when I was on vacation in Hawaii and I had told them I was on vacation. They were Mm. still like, sorry to like be blowing Mm -hmm. you up. It's my problem, my boundary. I'd kept getting that feedback from uh, magical people telling me like you have boundary issues. And I was like, shit, like, why do I keep hearing that? Like I do such a good job of articulating my boundaries, but what I didn't do is hold them especially for myself. And that Mm -hmm. client was a huge exercise in that. And breaking that relationship, I had to like, it took me months of preparation to send the email Mm -hmm. and, and really building myself up because a lot of like my traumas from like being in the corporate world of like really being taught to question myself and, and what I knew best really got to me. And I bring that with me into my business in a way that isn't wholly positive. Mm -hmm. And so it's been mostly like their issues aside, Um, all of that is irrelevant if I'm not controlling like my response and how I communicate with them about me and my needs through it. Like they can't know same with like my relationship with my kids, my husband, et cetera. Like nobody can know unless I'm managing that. And so that's been my work, not necessarily like, Oh, this person is difficult, which none of my friends are really difficult to work with. I just, I honestly embrace it as like, this is so magical that we get to work together. Mm-hmm. And if it gets mm-hmm. weird, then like, I, I don't know. I haven't had that. I yeah. haven't had that experience, thankfully. And I think that's because I use all of those tools in order to check in with myself and I communicate throughout the whole thing. Um, but if I um, do have to like break up with somebody in mm-hmm. like so many words, then it it's become something that's, gotten easier for me but it's not easy for me and I really have to build up to it and also not make excuses 
for it either of like um I have like a money guru who she broke up with somebody recently who was like a trainer or something who was just being a dick to her in her dms and she was like I feel like our work together is complete Mm -hmm. beautiful yeah cool like there's so many new ways of speaking that even I feel like I'm I can be perceived as a little bit of like um a brick wall in some ways or people tell me I'm intimidating um I think because I am PR Whitney sometimes I choose my words and try to listen Mm -hmm. and I have I I have a bitchy resting face and I embrace that Mm -hmm. but the thing that I don't do well as I would explain things away before, which kind of mm. weakens their power in some um, mm-hmm. senses, not necessarily with friends, but um, with a lot of those conversations, like I think there's a kind way to say our work together is complete for me and um, holding my boundaries a little bit more firmly and, and not worrying about how they receive it. I've had a lot of learnings mm-hmm. yeah. recently about like, when I share my gifts, uh, it's not up to me how somebody else receives it. I've had a couple right. of weird mm-hmm. projects that got me all sorts of triggered and mm-hmm. I had to figure that out for myself and also release a lot of uh, how I treated myself around it because I would blame myself when mm-hmm. a lot of it was like, oh, they actually like are really muddy in their heads and that's coming down to you and you are trying to Mm -hmm. fix it, but you don't have enough information. And, and then I would just blame myself and just make it more complex when it really is like, okay, I need to be clear and communicate through this and also like hold the boundary and not beat myself up for it. And honestly, I have to, use my husband or other men as examples of it too, because, you know, my husband, he'll like write an email, like this is done period or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Like, I was like, wait, you didn't do exclamation smiley face. Cause that's feedback. I got at work. Smiley face. Yeah. So it's, it, I have to sometimes channel like masculine energy in order to, uh, really manage those relationships yep. and and treat myself kindly because mm-hmm. I can get very squirrely. I love yeah. how you said treat myself kindly because that is hard sometimes mm-hmm. when you Yeah, yeah. I'm getting yeah. better at it, but I'm not I'm not there yet. No. And I think just um something that Stacy always says is like just make sure your side of the street's clean. Mm-hmm. So like knowing what your intentions are and just knowing that I'm showing up in a way that is like kind, but also true to me and true to the situation as, as best as I can. Yep. Like after that, like wash your hands of it and walk away. However, that person receives it. Not my problem. Yeah. You know? And I think as women in the working world, that's, that's not um, always the go-to or the easy lane to take. Um, But then it does backfire because when I, (laughs) when my husband and I, like, I'll say like, you're mean. And he's like, nope, wasn't mean. I'm like, yeah, you were. He's like, no, no, surely wasn't. I'm like, you know, and then I have to like, why, why did what he say? Why do I feel that way? Let me check in. Let me get into that and see what it is. Cause like he didn't, that wasn't his intention, you know? So when I want that like gentle, like 
softness of like, oh, oh my God, no, I didn't mean that. He's like, that ain't my shit. That's yours to figure out. Like, I don't know what's wrong with you. Yeah. But but he needs to be reminded too, intention versus impact. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's our song and dance lately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, But just that for probably like the last two years has been so uh, helpful for me, just like in any relationship in my life of just like being clear about what my intention is, especially with like tricky people that like Mm -hmm. you kind of brush up against and just like leaving it there has been super helpful for me. Not kind of like my therapist says, like having it haunt you, you know, when you keep thinking about it and thinking about it and it won't go away. Yeah. I used to spin out really badly and I would, I would create ripples that were too big. Like my community of support that I would like, spin out too was too big. And so then I would get too many voices in my head of what I needed to do next. And like my first therapist was really good about helping me pick a smaller group. Mm. Like you can, you can bitch about this to these three people and that's yeah. it. And then make your decision. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah. like that. Yeah. So I have my husband, my best friend, my mom. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And to that, they say, like, the more you talk about it, the more energy that you give it. So, like, you don't really want to do that. And I never really looked at it that way. But that's something that I keep in the back of my mind when I'm, like, and I think, why am I still talking about this? You know, like, I got to get in there a little deeper, too. With your husband, though, the one thing that has been super helpful for me lately, my favorite bar three instructor said, she's like, anytime you get in a fight with your husband, just remind him I'm the hot one. And it confuses the whole thing. Oh, man, mine would snap back at me and be like, I'm the hot one. (laughs) Oh, well, Whitney, maybe to wrap a couple more questions. And that is of... All the things that you're doing on your spiritual, your healing journey now, what is one that you would want our listeners? Like, what's one you want to scream from the rooftops? What's one that you'd like to share that was really important to you or that you're into right now? Not so much like the way that a lot of people in my woo world are thinking about healing, uh, but definitely the bike rides or Mm -hmm. anything that like just makes you feel like the core of who you were when you were a kid. That's the, the the reason that bike rides are so good for me. And of course I read all the time too, because that's always what's calmed me and made me feel congruent. Yeah. But those kind of grounding outside things have getting back to those and making sure I prioritize those has been so helpful. Human design is not something that we think of as like, oh, in the tarot, rocks, Palo Santo world, like I think that human design, because it releases you of so many shoulds and it really just is like, this is who you are. Like there's no denying it. Mm -hmm. That to me, like has been far and away the best thing. And then beyond that, I really lately, because it's so easy and so such a nice little ritual is like pulling an oracle card for myself Mm. I do it most mornings and I'm like dang you you really are listening yeah (laughs) so I I just love that like one little moment if I need a check-in with myself like I and I have all the things I have a pendulum I have like my oils I have 
meditation, I have journaling, I have all of it, but like the bike rides, the human design, and once in a while, like pulling an Oracle card just to like ground have been probably the easiest consistent things I can do for myself. Yeah. Beautiful. And because you are such a writer and such a reader, is there a book that you think would be really helpful for our listeners to hear about? The best book that I've read on spirituality lately is Signs by, is it Laurelyn Jackson? I don't remember her. I might get her last name wrong, but she was the one on the Goop, uh, on the Goop series on Netflix a few years ago. And she is incredible. And she's the first person who told me to, when you want a sign. So a lot of people ask for signs, like universe, give me a sign if this is meant to be, you know, and you could really make up all sorts of signs if you're Mm -hmm. just being that Mm -hmm. generic. And so she was the first person who really said, ask for a specific sign, whatever pops into your head, it could be purple hummingbird, you know, and you're like, what the hell? Like, how did I come up with a purple hummingbird? Like, but give me a purple hummingbird in the next 24 hours if I'm meant to take this job or Mm -hmm. whatever it is that you're struggling with. And she was the first person to ever say, ask out loud too. So that's when I started talking to my dad more out loud. And then I got all squeamish about it. And then just this past year, I started doing it again. But signs was one of, there was a few nuggets that were just so good. And it's about like communicating with the other side. So if you're not comfortable with that, then it might not be the right um, choice for you. But I really got a lot out of it. And I like to play with those things. I just Mm -hmm. think like, what is the harm? And and Mm -hmm. anything that brings you comfort that could be helpful, that is a new like low hanging modality, just why not? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Couldn't agree more. Actually, yeah. and a sign that, or my kind of animal that I'm always like, if I need a sign, you know, about something, I'm like, you know, send me a dragonfly. And I did this just last week. And we literally, we had our door open and, and I wasn't even thinking about it. I think it was like the next day, not paying attention, walked in and there was no lie. It was like a seven inch dragonfly just sitting on my wall. And of course my husband runs to grab, you know, the broom and is like ready to kill it. And I'm like, no, no. Nope, we are kindly going to let it out. But I was like, okay, I heard it. Got it. All, yeah. all the seven yeah. inches there, that was a little mm-hmm. much, that, <laughs> you know, but like, fine. Yeah. And they'll smack you in the face if you need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So true. Like last week was my dad's birthday and I asked for an eagle and he's a person with like a very dry, funny sense of humor. So he's not going to give me what I want just because I want it, even from the other side. So all day I was like, and I said it out loud. I was like, I want to see an eagle if you're partying today. And he did not give me any eagles in the skies of Edmonds, which is a very eagle heavy place. And I figured it would just be that easy because of those five eagles from before. And then I was at the grocery store getting Gatorade for my sick family and a guy walked by in an Eagles t-shirt, the football mm. team. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh, that's fu- Yeah. Oh, that's I love that. Yeah. Oh, oh. so Thank good. Thank you for sharing that with us. I love that. I love stories like this. Wow. Thank you so much, Whitney. This was such, I loved getting to know you even more. And- yeah. Thank you for having me. And I just, love what you're doing. I think it's powerful for so many people to think of healing in so many different ways. Like even in our whole conversation of 
what we've been talking about, we get so like siloed in certain ways of thinking about everything and healing isn't just like what one person's perception is. So I like being able to think of it as this thing that's expansive and for you personalized, just like everything should be. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. And so accessible, just like going and putting your hands in the grass, your feet in the grass, like simple as that, you know, everyone has access to something. It doesn't have to be so out of touch. Yeah. Yeah. And how can people connect with you? What's the best way if they want to learn more about you and your services? I love consistency. So I'm at Whitpopa everywhere that you want to find me. I am on an extended break from TikTok. I don't know if I'll ever go back. Just I had some similar experiences to you, Danica, where I was like trying to get them off my For You page, all the social media managers, because it's too stressful for me and I'm not doing social media anymore. And uh, it's such a time suck that I've Mm -hmm. actually been trying to spend more intentional time on social media. Mm -hmm. So when I'm there, I'm mostly on Instagram right now and I like a tweet. Mm -hmm. I don't do Facebook, but I have to be there. And my website is popanassociates.com, lovingly nicknamed Popanass. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Oh, thanks, Whitney. Thanks for being here. We'll tag all of that that she just mentioned in the show notes below. Um, Whitney's Instagram is one of my faves. So follow yes, her. Follow she has really great content. So mm-hmm. you'll love her. Well, thank you for saying that.